Oh, uh, hi there. May I ask you a, a personal question? Yeah? Do you like to party? Yeah? Well, you'd have loved last night's party during the 45th Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Parade that took place here in Sydney, Australia. And it also coincides with Sydney being the host of World Pride. Have you heard about this? World Pride is a, it's a series of events that promote the gay and lesbian and the LGBTQIA community. And it's taking place right here in Sydney. It started on February the 17th and it'll go through the 5th of March. But last night we had this major party that uh, people that live in Sydney, Australia know all about. And it's a party that's been going on since 1978. But uh, back in its uh, its early days, um, it didn't have uh, all of the the people that turned up. I mean, last night there was something like three hundred thousand people that came from around the world to Sydney's Darlinghurst and to Oxford Street to take in the parade. It, that's massive, and it also had more floats than it's ever had before. There was something like two hundred floats at this year's performance. But we also had an Australian Prime Minister who appeared at the parade. Now, this is the first time ever that that's ever happened. And Australia's Prime Minister, Labour's Anthony Albanese, was part of the parade. And what a difference from the parade's beginnings. And those beginnings were way back in 1978. And that's actually what I want to talk to you today about in this special edition, OK? We're going to go back in time. Now, the first ever uh, gay Mardi Gras was in 1978, and and those uh, men and women that attended that march were very brave indeed because that was back in the bad old days for the gay community, and those bad old days meaning it was actually a crime. Homosexuality was criminalised back then. What a different time. And in fact, I'm actually going to take you way back 40 years ago on this edition to 1983, And that's why I ask you to join me and join High Adventure! Charles McKenzie, host of Join High Adventure, and I'm also Australia's infected blood campaigner, and I'm taking you back to 1983. In May 1983, gay activists picketed Red Cross House in Sydney. They were protesting against the public call by Dr. Gordon Archer, director of the Sydney Red Cross Blood Transfusion Service for promiscuous homosexuals to desist from donating blood. The protesters were understandably incensed at the way that Archer's call, the first of its kind in Australia, stigmatised gay men by directly linking their community with AIDS and promiscuity and by implying that all gays had bad blood. But their actions in picketing the Red Cross, however, 
led to claims in the media that homosexual men were irresponsible and selfish, and public speculation that gay men might have been deliberately donating infectious blood out of spite. Okay, well, there you go. I'm just reading from a a paper called Bad Blood, The Contamination of Australia's Blood Supply and the Emergence of Gay Activism in the Age of AIDS. And it was written by a chap called Paul Senziuk. And I'll put that that link in the show notes for that really important article uh, in the show notes for joinhighadventure.com.au. Okay, and there's quite a few important notes there. I just did a, a previous episode a little while back calling for internet sleuths to help me and help join High Adventure, this podcast, uh, get to the bottom of uh, some of these uh, deadly medical scandals, such as the contaminated blood scandal, okay, that I've been trying to get justice for for many decades. And uh, what I've just read out uh, pertains to a protest that took place in 1983 that had a big impact on my life, which is why I've read it out. Now, uh, in case you don't know, as I've said, I am Australia's infected blood campaigner. And I have been campaigning for people who acquired HIV and hepatitis C from contaminated blood transfusions and blood products for decades. I myself was infected as a kid, so uh, I've known nothing but infected blood and nothing but uh, issues such as HIV AIDS and hepatitis C and and the whole thing, right? And I've actually had people over the years, uh, because, you know, this is a major cover-up infected blood, and uh, this same scandal has been solved overseas decades ago. There's been people helped right around the world except for Australia, okay? And I've been asked by people over the years, you know, how, how, do, how do I keep going on? You know, how do I mentally keep going on uh, uh, knowing that this is a cover-up uh, and, and just having no one in the government and no one in authority doing anything about this issue and making me out to be a liar for decades? How have I coped? Well... This edition of Joy and High Adventure is a very special one, and I'll tell you why it is. Because my all-time hero, when, when asked how I, co- how I coped for years, well, I'll tell you, I coped uh, by thinking about people like me, similar to me, and I couldn't find anyone throughout these decades apart from other victims of contaminated blood. But what I mean is campaigners that were similar to me. And that's why I'm going to use this episode today to tell you who my all-time hero is, okay? Who was I inspired by for decades to fight for the Australian victims of the infected blood scandal, okay? And my all-time hero, you've got the dramatic music, ladies and gentlemen, is a chap called John Westland. And I'll put a link to my all-time hero, John Westland, in the show notes as well. And let me tell you about this wonderful man and why I admire him so much. Okay, well, we have just heard that gay activists were protesting outside of the uh, Sydney Red Cross Blood Transfusion Service in 1983, and and I remember that. And I also remember the furor from misguided members of the media and the community who seemed to think that uh, gay men deliberately wanted to donate tainted blood. And in fact, around Australia, there was a rise in in bad feeling towards the gay community, uh, reprehensibly so, and it even included uh, these uh, bashings, gay bashings. And in fact, we've had an inquiry here in New South Wales that's been investigating 
some of these uh, terrible crimes, and including murders. Can you believe? Gay men were murdered here in Australia, okay, in, in the bad old days. And in 1983, when these brave men and women are, are protesting outside the Red Cross and protesting, uh, the, the worst public relations move in Australian history, and that's what the Red Cross are guilty of. You see, in 1983, the media reported that HIV-AIDS had been found in our blood supply, that patients who received blood transfusions or patients that received haemophilia treatments, blood products, had acquired HIV, okay, from blood. This then led to Dr Gordon Archer, who was one of the the key figures in Australia's uh, blood management. He was the the director of our Sydney Red Cross Blood Transfusion Service, uh, coming out in response to the media reports by saying that promiscuous homosexuals should no longer donate. Now, what, why on earth would you come out and say, when, when talking about you know who might be at risk, why on earth would you come out and say promiscuous homosexuals? What does promiscuous mean? Are all gay men promiscuous? Are all heterosexuals promiscuous? What if Gordon Archer had come out and said promiscuous heterosexuals should not donate? Who would he be talking about? How would gay men know what quantifies promiscuity from someone else's promiscuity? What a terrible PR blunder. And as I say, and as as this uh, paper that you can see in the show notes uh, mentions, it upset the gay community. It also upset wider Australia, who, because of that PR blunder, were led into thinking that gays were irresponsible. Okay? Now, this is why John Westland is my absolute hero. So in the show notes, I'll point you to the most important article that I've ever found in my entire time campaigning on infected blood. The article was published in the Canberra Times on Tuesday, the 20th of November, 1984. Okay. And I'm going to read it out because I find this incredible. The author is, uh, the journalist was Roger Green. And it's called AIDS Action Committee Reacts. Family Team Using Fear Tactics The AIDS Action Committee of the Australian Capital Territory has reacted to the tactics of irrational fear being pursued by those attacking homosexual blood donors. A member of the family team in the House of Assembly, Mrs Bev Keynes, has proposed fines of $10,000 or five years jail for Australian Capital Territory male homosexuals who give blood knowing they carry AIDS. She attacked ruthless homosexuals who wish to be considered part of mainstream society and for that reason donate blood. What a thing to say. Anyway, let me go on. A spokesman for the AIDS Action Committee, Mr John Westland, said yesterday that he was annoyed about the image of an AIDS sufferer knowingly giving blood. I don't believe that such a person exists, he said. Homosexual males gave blood as a sociable, responsible act, he said. As soon as you advise him of the risks, a socially responsible person is going to stop. He said that evidence of the fact that homosexual men were acting in a socially responsible manner was the depletion in stocks of hepatitis B vaccine which largely comes from homosexual blood donors. Mr. Westland said 
that in the past homosexuals may have given blood to get tests for hepatitis B and syphilis. But this was not the case anymore since recent publicity. He believed that there was a need to disseminate the information that these tests were available at the sexually transmitted clinic at Woden Valley House Hospital. Okay, Woden Valley Hospital, I should say. Mr. Westland also said that because of the underground aspect aspect of being a homosexual, some people living uh, outwardly heterosexual lives might not have acknowledged even to themselves, okay, that they're in this situation. And uh, such socially repressed people might might have given blood in the past. Mr. Westland accused Mrs. Keynes and others of gay bashing. If their concern was genuinely to prevent the spread of AIDS, they'd be calling for money for research, money for information. Penalties were just another worry for AIDS sufferers and their loved ones. Prevention comes from an informed community. It doesn't come from $10,000 fines, he said. The AIDS Action Committee was preparing a leaflet and addressing seminars in order to prevent the spread of AIDS with the homosexual community as well as outside of it. The committee was also, consider- was also consulting with health authorities on the prevention of AIDS and the treatment of any AIDS victim in the ACT. The committee would like to the government, uh, sorry, the committee would like government and Christian support for the dissemination of information to homosexuals, as had occurred in San Francisco. Right there, you go. So that was John Westland. Now, just imagine being a gay man. In 1984, okay, when you've got something as terrifying as HIV-AIDS was in the 1980s. Now, do you remember the the Grim Reaper episode that we had here in Australia that warned us, the public health commercial that uh, I thought was absolutely awful, but uh, warned Australia about the threat of AIDS and scared the living daylights out of people? Okay, you had graffiti painted on people's homes and Terrible, terrible stuff was happening, okay? And here you have John Westland, okay, standing up uh, to the the haters, as they'd say today, or, or the, these rotten people uh, like this uh, lady back then who is calling for these uh, for these fines, okay? And you could, this is why I admire this Mr. Westland so much, this John Westland, because I've been ill with hep C and bone marrow failure, severe aplastic anemia, since I've been a kid. And the very last thing I wanted to do was campaign for common sense over infected blood or, or health issues. I, I imagine it's the same for poor John Westland. But by goodness, did we need him. Imagine in the 1980s with all the fear and all the, all the nonsense that was surrounding HIV AIDS. And you had these uh, crazy people like this uh, supposed uh, family team in the House of Assembly, this Ms. Bev Keynes, who, who called homosexuals ruthless homosexuals. Ruthless is how she described them. Okay, so she's describing them ruthless because they wanted to donate blood. But what we just heard from Mr. Westland is that gay men were donating blood for a hepatitis B vaccine. Has anyone ever heard anything like this? Donating blood for a hepatitis B vaccine? Ah, well, guess what? Now we're leading in to the most important evidence that I've ever found in relation to the infected blood scandal. And I think it leads into the mistreatment of Australia's gay community. 
okay? And it's all connected to that uh, decision by Dr. Gordon Archer in 1983 uh, in response to media reports that HIV-AIDS was in the blood supply to call for promiscuous homosexuals to stop donating blood. Well, after the break, you'll find out why the Red Cross owe an apology to Sydney's gay community. Help Aussie tainted blood victims in their fight for justice by making a donation toward the campaign for an inquiry and help for contaminated blood victims and their families by going to the show notes at joinhighadventure.com.au and clicking on the link. only gays and IV drug users were being killed by AIDS. But now we know every one of us could be devastated by it. The fact is, over 50,000 men, women and children now carry the AIDS virus. That in three years, nearly 2,000 of us will be dead. That if not stopped... It could kill more Australians than World War II. But AIDS can be stopped and you can help stop it. If you have sex, have just one safe partner or always use condoms. Always. 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 Can you imagine being a kid growing up into that? Can you imagine being a gay man seeing that advertisement? that uh, this Australian public health commercial uh, that was is seen as our nation's most successful advertising campaign, I disagree. I think it's an absolute disaster. I think it, uh, it points to a terrible history, and it was all part of this much-vaunted Australian response to HIV-AIDS, which includes Australia's 1980s health minister, Neil Blewett, and uh, a, 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 this uh, public health official that's... Uh, apparently world-renowned expert on AIDS, a guy called Bill Botel, and you've got the chair of the ABC, Ida Buttrose. She was uh, she was uh, actually the, the head of Australia's AIDS Action Committee, I think it was, a national task force on it back then that commissioned these ads. And, uh, you know, she's uh, seen as these gr- the great success story along with the others in their response to AIDS. But the thing is, is that we haven't heard at any time about we've heard about the the hatred uh, directed at the gay community and uh, we know uh, how terrible that was but we've always been told that the hatred just came from flat out discrimination it was also hatred because we were told that the gays were being unreasonable when they protested outside of the red cross in 1983 people thought they were protesting because they were demanding to give blood despite there not being a, a test for hiv at the time and others others so they were seen as uh, irresponsible But you see, what the Red Cross had actually done when they said that promiscuous homosexuals should desist donating blood was they'd actually disavowed their own project, this project being the development of a hepatitis B vaccine. Now, I don't know if you know this, but vaccines were blood-based in the 1980s. And why you'd have a blood bank collecting infected blood I mean, they were doing this in conjunction with the 
American pharmaceutical giant Merck Sharp and Dome, now just called Merck. They were involved. So they were getting the Red Cross to collect blood, tainted blood from people that they hoped would have hepatitis B so that they could harvest their antigens. Now, this is taking place in the 1980s at a time when there was no test in the early 80s for HIV or the deadly virus hepatitis C. And blood banks around the world have known that blood is not safe for decades. They've known that there's a threat of what they called non-A, non-B hepatitis, a, a lethal form of hepatitis that was in the blood. They could test for hepatitis A, they could test for hepatitis B from the early 70s, but they knew there was another type of hepatitis, okay, that was killing patients that they couldn't test for, but they were seeing people come down with after blood transfusion, and they didn't have a test for this thing. And yet, the Red Cross are trying to get tainted blood donors, and that they're really, uh, they're really making efforts to do so because if you go to the show links at joinhighadventure.com.au, you'll see where they were advertising during the HIV crisis. Okay, the world found out about HIV in 1981 when the world's media started telling us about this affliction that was affecting gay men, okay, around the world. But, you know, the next thing you know that the blood banks here in Australia did was after this news had come out about the threat of HIV, then under a different name, of course, but they still knew what to look out for, what not to do. For example, you definitely did not want to do, uh, you did, definitely did not want to encourage blood donations from at-risk groups at the time, especially when you didn't have an HIV test. Well, guess what the Australian Red Cross did? And if you go to the show notes, you'll be amazed. They started advertising in sexually explicit gay publications, okay? And these publications, just like, you know, if you have heterosexual ones, Penthouse or Playboy, these were aimed at young men who were very sexually active, okay? Uh, you know, the term promiscuous. So here you have Dr. Gordon Archer in 1983, and you'll see that article in the show notes uh, that I mentioned earlier, okay, talking about that protest uh, outside of the, the Red Cross. You've got Gordon Archer saying, promiscuous homosexuals should not donate, which confused the community. But really, what they were doing was talking in code. They basically disavowed their own gay blood donor project. How many people knew that? Did you know that blood banks around the world had known not to appeal to the homosexual community for decades prior to the early 80s because of the increased hepatitis risk? So, when uh, this Gordon Archer of the Red Cross says promiscuous homosexuals should not donate, he shouldn't have done that. The Red Cross should have uh, handled it very differently. What they should have said is those gay men that responded to our advertisements in those pornography publications that we advertised in, okay, because we were hoping that they had tainted blood because we were harvesting their hepatitis B antigens, should no longer be part of the program. They should no longer donate. Had they done that, the public would have understood more clearly what they were saying when they said promiscuous homosexuals should not donate. What they were really saying was those donors that we recruited from the gay pornography should not continue donating because they had the hepatitis B antigen. But they didn't want to say that because they didn't want the public to know the truth because the public would have said, hey, you've been, we thought we paid you to run a voluntary blood supply. We donate blood voluntarily. And now we're hearing that you're developing pharmaceutical vaccines with American pharma giants. 
Well, of course, the other thing that Red Cross didn't want to speak up about, why they disavowed the project and why basically they threw the game community under the bus, the very people that they recruited, okay, advertised in their publications, well, they didn't want to be candid because guess what? The Red Cross blood bank had just bumped into a major iceberg while they were busy developing vaccines for Merck, they bumped to an iceberg called HIV. And if you actually go to Infected Blood Australia, okay, our website at infectedbloodaustralia.com, you'll see a timeline of Australian Red Cross CSL blood donors. Okay, have a look at it and tell me if Australia's deadliest medical accident, uh, 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 you know, deadliest medical scandal with tens of thousands of people infected and affected was an accident like the Australian Red Cross would have you believe. Just how many lies has this Australian Red Cross, the managers of Australia's blood bank, told? Do you know, for decades, I've been fighting to get justice and get the truth and get answers. And I tell you what, for a lot of that time, I've been thinking about my hero, John Westland. I don't know how he died or whether he's still alive or what happened to him. I'd love to know. If anyone out there who reads the article about this man, John Westland, from the Australian Capital Territory of the AIDS Action Committee, if anyone knows anything about him, please could you contact us? Okay, please could you write to me at cm at joinhighadventure.com.au. Charles McKenzie, I'd love to know. I really want to know what happened to my hero because I know what it's like to be sick. Uh, but you have a job to do. You, you've got to share common sense. You've got to share the medical facts, you're surrounded by all these hotheads who are discriminating against you when you're ill, like I am now. Okay, I, I get out of my sickbed to make this podcast because, you know, I, I, I don't want to die knowing that we didn't get to the bottom of what happened to me and thousands of others. And I also don't want to die before seeing an apology from the Red Cross, an apology to tainted blood victims. But also today, I'm calling for an apology for Australia's gay community, I want the Red Cross to apologise for the, the way that they handled HIV being reported in 1983. I want them to apologise for saying promiscuous homosexuals should not donate. It was the wrong way to approach it and it's caused a lot of damage, okay? And uh, this is the right time for the Australian Red Cross to do the right thing and apologise with the gay community and we would help them do that. We'd do everything we could to make that possible. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Okay. And that is the, the reason for today's special edition of Joy and High Adventure. Thank you for listening. And let's hope that apology is forthcoming, eh? All right. I hope you can tune in next time to Join High Adventure.